Welcome to Glassbones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today, as always, is the fantastic and wonderful Mr. Kyle Franz. Kyle, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you doing? Doing freaking great. It's a great freaking day. <laughs> uh, yes. USA wins and Canada loses. It's the best day ever. USA shootout. I was nervous. Yeah. I was really nervous. <laughs> I... Hey, give give Czechia a credit. They've oh, yeah. really they've put together some good teams. They won silver medal last year, lost in overtime to Canada, and this year they're looking pretty pretty decent again. So, yeah, good for them. But USA came out on top, which is big, and Canada getting shut out to Sweden that's big for Sweden. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it's going to be interesting to see how the seeding works now with who's going to play who because Canada is not going to be the first seed. Right. So they're going to come over and play our three seed from Group B which I'm not sure who that will end up being. Probably end up being Slovakia. Or no, Czech. It'll probably be Czech because yeah. Slovakia has the win on Czech. Right. So as long as we beat Slovakia, we should be seed one, and then Slovakia, and then Czech. That's going to be a tough game. Yeah. Tough game. Right. So. Hey, even Slovakia would be a tough game with that goaltender. I wish mm-hmm. I remembered his name. but Gajan? Yeah, that's it. It's G-A-J-A-N. Yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm, because... still, I'm still learning names, uh, but he looked good. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's very good. Yeah. Very good. Back-to-back World Juniors where he's been amazing. Yep. So, yeah, shout-out to him. He's been fantastic and love to see it. But, yeah, it's been a great tournament. So, if you haven't tuned into the World Juniors yet, you need to do so because it is the best hockey ever as long as you're not a coach because the coaching the, it drives the coach in me absolutely <laughs> crazy sometimes when you see these kids make such poor decisions with the puck. But that's part of why it's so fun. Yeah, it's kind of like if, just to put in perspective, if there's any baseball fans out there, it's kind of like watching the Little League World Series. It's like fun to watch because the kids make mistakes, and it's fun to watch. But the skill level at this is insanely high, and you're going to see some terrible passes in the neutral zone, terrible passes out of the zone up the middle. But that makes it exciting. Uh-huh. Did you see the check turnover today to Ryan? Or to, uh, yeah, it was Ryan Leonard. Yeah. He gave it right to Ryan Leonard right in the middle, and he took a slap shot, and it he I don't I thought his stick broke. Yeah, like it whipped so hard, and he missed that. But I was like, oh man, right. that that if that gets made in the NHL, you're immediately getting scratched. Yeah, like immediately. Yep. <laughs> but love it. It's so, fun. Yeah, but we'll get back to the NHL now. We have some news around the league that we're gonna get to. So one thing that we we touched on, I don't remember which episode that was a while back now. Uh, the DJ Smith firing. So we haven't gotten into that yet because we've had some other stuff that we wanted to take care of. So we're going to do that now. So Kyle, why don't you give me your thoughts on that? Yeah, we, we've talked about this, about the potential of him being fired for a couple or at least a month now, maybe even more, especially since they went to Sweden. Um, you know, they went to Sweden. We were like, oh, we'll, let them, we'll let them coach that out because just give them that experience to go over there. And then when they come back, give them a game or two and then give them the give them the hook but you know good for them that they, they held on for as long as they can but it's just it's not he's not the guy for the job mm-hmm. uh this team is their season slowly coming to an end here uh they gotta start winning they're way behind now and it's time it was just time he has not had a very good record as a head coach and it's continuing this year this team made a lot of moves these last two or three off seasons and he, he just hasn't They've been the most disappointing team mm-hmm. probably in the league about just like, even if they just made the playoffs and got swept in the first round, like at least you made the playoffs. Like they haven't even really played much important hockey these last couple of years. So you have a lot of talent, a lot of young talent that are just not getting the job done. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, moving forward to this new coaching staff, hiring Jacques Martin, who's been 
head coach of this league a long time, off and on, assistant coach. He won some cups with the Penguins as the assistant coach. And um yeah, I, I like I like the uh I like the hire there and then a guy like Daniel Alfredson on the bench. It's so weird seeing guys that we watched coach or watch play start coaching now. So it's really weird to see, but yeah, good for him. We'll see how he does. Yeah, I mean, it's funny watching the World Juniors and seeing Yosi Jokinen on the bench of Finland is so funny to me. Where it's, it, it's crazy. It's like, how are they old enough to, to coach? But that's just what they are. So, yeah, it'll be, it, it'll be interesting to see what this team ends up doing with if they bring him, if they keep him on. I mean, he's been there. He's Well, he started as their senior advisor this year, and now they put him as the interim head coach. Um, sorry, talking about Jacques. Uh, Jacques. The, Jacques Martin. These French names get me every single time. Jacques Martin. Yeah, never. That's That was disgusting. I apologize. Mm. Yeah, that's like <laughs> freaking French. Especially French-Canadian. Oof, couldn't be worse. Anyway, so I do think it was DJ Smith's time. It was, he has, I mean, his most wins in a season with 31. Like, that's just not good enough. And And with this much talent, and you can blame the goalies, you can blame, you know, whatever you want. At some point, the coach is at fault. I have been a big proponent on keeping coaches for a decent time so you can get the system and all that stuff. He's been there for five years. He was there for five years. I think that's enough time to really know. And he didn't move the needle with them enough. They just This team needs to be in the playoffs. And they need to, they need to be one of those teams where it's like, okay, maybe on the day in, day out, they're not in the playoffs every single day because they're fighting in that position. Okay, that's fine. They should be a team that, that you're looking at going, the chance of them missing the playoffs is unlikely. That's where this team needs to be at this point, and I just don't think that Smith can do that. And I, I think it was just time for him to go. Unfortunate for him, it just kind of is what it is. Um, I mean, stuff happens. It's part of hockey. But I do think it was time for him to go. I, I really I hope that this moves this Ottawa team ahead because they need to do something here because this team is too good to not be doing more. And... They need they need more from their players for sure, but I also I want to see what this new coach is going to bring in and what he'll do with this team because they need to do more. They yeah. absolutely need to do more. Yeah, I mean, you look around the league and you compare them to other teams. If you look at their roster, if you go through their team, I mean, you're telling look at the teams that are ahead of them. You're telling me they're all better, like roster. I'm talking mm-hmm. roster. They're getting the most out of all their players because this team is not. It's not It's not even like when you watch them, you're like, oh, that guy, he's just not playing good. He needs to be better. He needs to be better. I don't really think it's individual. I just think as a group, they just need a change. Mm-hmm. They need a new voice. They need a new system. They need new. They need a lot of new. They just they have no confidence. There's nothing going for them. And especially as if you keep on losing, you're just watching your season come to an end very quickly. It's not good in – the end of December, early January to go, whoop, our season's done. Mm-hmm. It's not good. No. Yeah. And this team just needs that. They need to take that step. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what this does for this team for this season. I don't know that this gets them into the playoffs, I mean, hopefully. And how many times have we seen a team fire their coach midway through the season and that pushes them to the playoffs? It happens, but it's very interesting. So, moving on, we have two trades to bring up. So, the first one was Jack Stadnika has been traded from Vancouver to San Jose for Nick Scenic and a 2024, 2024 six-round pick that belonged to San Jose Sharks. So, 
yeah, it's it's interesting to see him get moved again because well, it was, it was I don't know why Vancouver traded for him in the first place. It was a little bit confusing to me, and I mean, good on the Sharks for bringing him in. I mean, he's only played five games with Vancouver this year. He's already played six with the Sharks. I mean, I know he was a he's a Boston prospect, so I'll let you get to him in a little bit. But he's played ninety six NHL games, so yeah, I. There isn't too much to talk about on this. I mean, the Sharks are bringing in pretty much any anybody who has any NHL experience at this point because their team is lacking so much. But, yeah, I don't know not much about Nick Sinek. I don't know. It's some of these names, man. <laughs> Gets me. But he's played 16 games last year for San Jose, so nothing crazy. Um, and then, obviously, a six-round pick isn't anything. Or what's this? Yeah, six-round pick isn't anything important. So, don't you uh, have anything you want to add on that? I know you know more about Stanika than I do. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I've never really seen it. Um, I've only ever seen him at the NHL level, so I don't want to like completely jump on him personally, but because there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of hype from uh, Bruins writers and people in the know about, like, they're really excited for him to come to the NHL, and apparently he killed it in the AHL. I have no idea. I don't even know statistically like how good it was. It was just more of, they said that like he looked like he was growing into something. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, you know, he never really, every time he got called up, there was just nothing there. He's too small. He doesn't, he doesn't play a big game when you're, when you're that size, you kind of have to play a little bit more hungry and get yourself into the dirty areas. And unfortunately for him, I just never really saw that at the NHL level. Um, But good for him. If he's going to make it, it's mm-hmm. a team like San Jose, and he can try to develop some of his game. Um, how old is he exactly? 24. So that's still young enough to groom yourself into a into a good player in the NHL and go into play for a guy like David Quinn. I do like that a lot because he is a – as much as the Sharks are struggling, but we just talked about them, how they're getting a little better. They're doing some good things, but he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good developmental coach. Uh, he played head coached a lot of years in Boston University, and we all know a lot of players that came out of there. So he is definitely a good coach to have on a team like the Sharks, and I think a player like Stanika could do well under him. And hopefully after a couple weeks of learning the system and playing with them, he starts putting up some points. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows what will happen, but yeah. we'll see. So next up is the Thomas Tatar trade. He has been sent to the Seattle Kraken. And the Colorado Avalanche receive a 2024 fifth round pick that belongs to Seattle. So it's funny. We're coming up here. We're going to do a little free agent check in and see kind of some of the things that we talked about with the free agent episode. So Thomas Cesar will get brought up. But this was interesting to me. Um, <laughs> when he signed in Colorado, I thought that was a really good signing. I really did. I thought that this was going to be something that helped move them forward and something that, you know, they, they need wingers that can score. And he's, you know, he's, he's, Produced pretty much everywhere he's gone decently, and nine points in twenty-seven games. I just guess I guess wasn't enough for them, so they decided to move him. Which this looks like a Matt Burke NHL GM, um, uh, well NHL twenty-three GM move, <laughs> signing a free agent and then trading him because I've done that plenty because I love draft picks. So it's interesting because you don't normally see this. You don't normally see somebody sign with a team as a free agent and then get traded three months later or four months later. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's an interesting one to me. I mean, he's killing it in Seattle. He's got four points in five games. So we'll see what happens with that one. I mean, if Colorado, or if Seattle's looking 
out of the playoffs like they are right now at deadline, he could be a, a good piece to, to move. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think for his sake, you know, going back to his Detroit days, he was a 20-goal scorer for the most part of his career, and then he gets traded to Vegas, and that just did not work. He, him in Vegas just never worked. Um, unfortunately for him, Vegas gave up a lot to get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, second, and third round pick, if I remember correct. Mm-hmm. And that was just too much. And I think that hurt him there because everyone just looked at, well, we gave all this up for you and you can't do anything. Well, I just don't think it, it just wasn't a good fit. He didn't fit that team. That team had something special that year. That was their first year where they went to the cup final. So, um, so yeah, then he ends up, I believe he was a part of the Pacioretty deal. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he um, gets traded to Montreal, and all of a sudden, boom, there he goes back to the 20-goal scorer again. He played great there, then signs in Jersey. because He still sticks to those 20 points or 20 goals pretty much every year in Jersey, and then goes to Colorado, and I thought that was a great fit. I give Colorado credit. Let's just move on. Mm-hmm. Why wait? Mm-hmm. We're not we're we're not getting anywhere with this guy. It's just not going to work. I'm sure there was meetings behind closed doors of, all right, I'm not happy. You're not happy. Let's try to figure something out. So, I think he's a perfect fit in Seattle. I think it's exactly what Seattle is looking for. Is a grittier type of player like him. He's just going to jump right in, and obviously, so far, so good with him. But. I like the fit in Seattle a lot for him, and I'm hoping it's kind of like the Montreal thing where it's like, okay, it didn't work here, but I'm just on to my next step, and I think Seattle's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. You don't often see play- or teams that are top in their division trading off roster players. Right. It's very strange that you, like, that's happening, but... Well, they... you mentioned trade deadline. Yeah. They're just like, why keep him? Yep. Where he's not going to work. Let's just get this contract off. So then come that time, we can afford to get someone else. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, which is smart, smart asset management, if you ask me. So, and if he's, and if you have guys in your minors that can come up and play on that third or fourth line or whatever and do whatever he's doing, why not move the cap space away? So that way you do have that. And I'm like, he wasn't making a ton of money, but it still gives you much more flexibility come the deadline if you, there is something available that you want. You don't have to first move him out. You can then just go and get whatever it is that you're looking for, which is good asset management, as I said. So, yeah, it's fun to watch some of these guys sign and then go other places. And, yeah, hopefully for Tatar, it ends up being a really good fit in Seattle and and either he can stay there long term because I could see him being very valuable to that organization and then wanting to keep him. Or if they decide to move him, Wherever he goes, hopefully there there's a spot there that fits for him and he can produce. Because I do think he's somebody that's he's his numbers don't always show how helpful he can be to a team. And again, and as you said, like the the fact that he got traded for a first, second, third does not help. Everybody's like, oh, he's a bust and all this stuff. And he's he's like 140 games short of a thousand games played. Not everybody does that. Yeah. Like that's that's a milestone for a reason. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not saying it would be a smart move, but like we talked about the Flyers last one, I'm hoping they don't go crazy. That's the type of deal. Like I would have been like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Fifth round pick is what it is. Bring in another like if that's the type of move. Like if they look to go get Tatar at the deadline, maybe they'll just be like, here, we'll give you your fifth round pick back. Obviously, it wouldn't be Seattle's, but like we'll mm-hmm. give you another one to replace yours. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be opposed for that. Like a player like that is what I'm talking about. It's going to mm-hmm. cost you no picks or like a. Not a great pick, and mm-hmm. he doesn't cost you like any money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, which is why he could be very valuable 
and he could find his way onto a lot of people's top trade targets at the deadline. Yeah, I'm um, sure he will be. Next up, we have talked about it a couple of times, but we're gonna like we'll t- we'll touch on it quickly. But anti Ranta getting sent down, so <laughs> I mean, it's I guess we've talked about enough that you know we don't really need to cover too too much. But I think the the question that I'm gonna ask you is, do you think this is the end of his NHL career? No, okay, I don't. I think he's gonna go down there, and I I I I. I would say he's going to be Carolina's goalie by the end of the year. Oh, okay. I Just kind of a gut feeling. I just think he needs some confidence. He needs to go down. Now, from what I understand, it's not like it's gone great down there either for him. But, um, well, it, it's a short stint so far, so I'm not going to really judge it too much. I just, I think Carolina needs him to be. Because mm-hmm. for some reason, they don't mean you were talking about it off air before. You know, NHL GMs don't like making moves so drastically this time. Like, already, for some mm-hmm. reason, they like to wait until they only have 20 games left in the season to make a move. But um, I would like to see Carolina make a move, and I would like to – well, not for his sake, but for Carolina's sake, I'd like to say no. Like, they're going to get someone, and he's going to stick in Chicago the rest of the year. But I, I have a feeling he'll be back up here sooner than later. Because mm-hmm. Kochekov is not mm-hmm. playing great, and we both have talked mm-hmm. about you've talked about it more than me, but I'm not as big of a fan either. Um, and I just think in the end they're going to need Ranta to be better. And I think this is just a confidence thing. Let's get you down there, hopefully get you some some wins and get you some playing time in the lower league, and maybe we can get you back up here soon. Because he's been a good goalie throughout his career. He's not great, but he's been a good goalie, especially mm-hmm. back up. Um, I just think his role in Carolina got too big for him. He's never been a starting goalie. He's mm-hmm. tri- they've tried, and it ha- he's not a starting goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I don't think his NHL career is over though. No. Okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me looking at his his second best stats came the year he played forty seven games. Mm-hmm. He had a nine thirty save percentage. His best career save percentage is a nine thirty six, which came in. 14 games and 14-15 with Chicago Blackhawks. So it's almost like the more he plays, the better he plays. It's kind of funny, but he isn't. He's not a starting goalie. And it's every time that that has been tried, it has not worked. But he has always, always, always had a 9-10 or above save percentage. Besides his first year in the league, which was 13-14, so literally 10 years ago, he has always had an above 9-10. I'm sorry, he had two seasons of, of so 9-05, above a 9-05 save percentage. If that was the way he's playing, this Carolina team would have probably seven more wins. Yep. He's just not playing like that right now. So I'm hoping for his sake that he gets back into a rhythm, finds his, his mental side of the game again, and can hop back in and get back into Carolina's net and be better. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where I, with his him being 34, he'll be 35 in the summer. This is a one-year contract. You know, could this be it for him? I don't know. So we'll be, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's always teams looking for that, you know, that backup goalie or third string goalie or whatever. And maybe he has to do what Martin Jones did and sign as a third stringer at the beginning of the season to end up being, well, I mean, Martin Jones is now their starter because Sepsenov has been freaking awful, but that's a whole nother story. But so, yeah, maybe that's what ends up happening with him. So I hope for his sake, this isn't it, but. 
I also wouldn't be shocked too if he's like, eh, I want to go home. Oh, that's God. the other thing with with the European players too. It, it better. It, I I mean, this year, like I think he'll be back up if mm-hmm. if he goes through the rest of the year in Chicago in the minors. Chicago's Carolina's AHL team. That's why I keep saying Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Technically, that's not true. Well, because yeah. Carolina does not have a does not have an AHL team. They're but, they're affiliate technically. Yeah. yeah. No, they're not. Aren't yeah? Well, they are affiliated with them. They share it with someone. Okay. They're like a Te- shared squad. Yeah, I guess technically, because they're yeah, because it's. Uh, they do have a couple Carolina guys on that team. Huh. Okay, because Carolina. I thought Carolina was a team that didn't have an AHL affiliate this year. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm getting into the weeds of things that doesn't matter. I am sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know why this matters to me. It shouldn't matter to me. It is what it is. No, because it is. It is. It's inter- It's always interesting because yeah, they they are. But I think it's like a share. I forget. I forget how it works. Anyway, he's playing in Chicago. <laughs> That's where he is. So, um, but yeah, if he stays there the rest of the year, yeah, he he's probably going back home to Finland. He's probably not staying. So yeah. Um, but. I have a feeling this year Carolina's going to need him to play at some point again. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things when you get called back up, you're either going, I'm going back down, or I'm going to be good enough to stay. Mm-hmm. And confidence is everything in a goaltender. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because, I mean, who's, I guess, Yannick Peretz is their backup right now? I like your solution. Tress Archer Zerbe backup. <laughs> That is Carolina's goaltending coach, in case you were wondering. And he was their goalie back in the early 2000s. So. Oh, wow. He has only played in the ECHL so far this year. And they brought him from the ECHL all the way up to the NHL. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he was playing college hockey last year. Yeah. For, oh, yeah. He oh, just won a national Piac. title. Yeah. He was playing with Quinnipiac. I knew the name sounded familiar. I just didn't know why. But that's currently their backup, so they got to be doing something. I mean, I know they signed Aaron Dell to a a PTO, yeah. But I I don't know that. that... <laughs> Again, Frederick Anderson gets hurt. Unfortunately, there's nothing Caroline can do about that, and that is a, is a long term serious injury. Yeah. Why are you not trading for a goalie? I don't understand. But especially because I feel like there's enough goalies that are like. That you could acquire that wouldn't cost you a ton, that wouldn't be that complicated to move. Right. You I call agree. Philly and say, "Hey, you know, we'll take Felix Sandstrom off you." Yeah. Okay. What's it gonna? I mean, what's that gonna cost you? A fifth or sixth round pick? Like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's interesting because a team like Vegas did that last year with Aiden Hill. Mm-hmm. They just needed a goalie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would? Vegas did not. They did not make that trade to have Aiden Hill lead them to a Stanley Cup. They were they had Logan Thompson on the IR to start the year last year, and they had Robin Leonard that they that is done, I guess. Yeah. But at that point, beginning of last year, that was still up in the air. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, okay, well, we got Brassois, and we mm-hmm. just we need someone else. So they just traded and got Aiden Hill, and then next thing you know, he led them to a Stanley Cup. So like, it's interesting, like why you wouldn't just try to get a guy like Sandstrom. Like, you don't know. Alex Lyon, I'm sure he's free. Guys like that that have been yeah. around that it's just like, why not? Why mm-hmm. not give him a chance? But, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know why. Um, 
I even look at like some of the goalies in Boston system. Like, what would it take to get Brandon Bussey out of yeah. there? Like, what would it take to get Kyle Kaiser? Like, just give just give these guys a chance that mm-hmm. you know probably won't get a chance in Boston. Like, why would you not be calling them? Like, mm-hmm. what does it cost? What is it going to cost us? Mm-hmm. They might be, but it's interesting that you don't hear about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they should just call San Jose about Magnus Corona because he's their third string goalie. So yeah. he's bound to be amazing if he gets traded. Well, that's why they're trying to get Aaron Dell. Like, well, you used to play for the Sharks, so. <laughs> Oh, man. We'll wrap it up with that one. So, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, which we didn't talk about with our Christmas episode, but the Carolina, or Carolina, jeez, the Vancouver Canucks are sitting atop the standings at Christmas time. So, the last time that the team sitting at first place at Christmas won the cup, do you want to just? I just want you to take a wild guess with no, like, not not prepping you for this. Nothing. When do you think this was? Blackhawks. No. Okay. Before that. I'll huh. give you one more, and then I'll tell you. Um. Well, if it's before that, that's not good. Um. Interesting. I don't know. Um. I'll just throw a, a team out. Uh, Colorado. No, you're close because that was the other team that was winning a bunch of cups in that time. Detroit in 07 08. Okay. That was the last time the team at the top of the standings at Christmas time won the Stanley Cup. Okay. So I I wouldn't be surprised if the Canucks went, went all the way this year. I do think they may have the team for it, especially with bringing in Zadorov, which was, was a piece of weakness that they did not have. I think also think the Stunny Get Trade may have been moving some salary too. Mm-hmm. I think they might be looking at something else. But yeah, the other part of this is the, do you have any guests on the last Canadian team to be at the top of the standings at Christmas time? It was um, 05 06. Oh, geez. Okay. So you were uh, 10. Yeah. Right. I'm trying <laughs> to just think of what Canadian teams were good then. I think Ottawa was pretty solid then. I'll go Ottawa. Good guess. Good is guess. It, it is Ottawa. Very good. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I know they were, they always had the, that was 0506. Eh, Chara wasn't there. Was he there? Yeah, he might have still been there. I think he had one more year there. I don't know when he came to Boston, I so I'm not sure. it was 07. But anyway, it doesn't matter. They had some good teams there. Yeah. That's crazy, though. That's, it's, <laughs> well, I, not to get off on, how much I hate Canadians sometimes, but it cracks me up with this whole, you know, Canadians are the best thing ever. And they're the reason that hockey is hockey and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you only have seven out of 32 teams and you has, haven't won a cup in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's been my brother's lifetime since you guys have won a cup. You've been to a Stanley cup final cause they had to rig it to get a team there. And the last time that you guys were in first place, I get the odds or blah, blah, blah. But, it's been 18 years since you guys were, did that. Like, it's just stupid. Like, it, it, it's it, crazy to me. It's not a big deal. Like, I always say, because like, everyone's like, they always bring all the odds up and stuff. It's not, like, the reason we talk about it sometimes is because it gets brought up to us all mm-hmm. the time. Every time I turn on Sirius NHL radio, we have to talk about, ooh, this Canadian team's still in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. this Canadian team's killing it. Why? Yep. Why, like, why, do, why is it a big deal to you? Like, yep. I don't. And then, like, you turn on TSN, trade deadline day, all they talk about are the seven Canadian teams. Like, you realize there's other teams in the world, right? Like, but 
whatever. Yep. That's, I think, part of the reason it annoys me so much is because it's like they talk about them as if they're the only teams. A lot of, a lot of people and a lot of big time Canadians on, yeah. talk about as if the Canadian teams are the only teams in the NHL. And I'm like, uh, news to you, we wouldn't have a Stanley Cup champion if that were true. Right. For the last 30 years. Yep. So maybe there's some other teams. I mean, maybe the expansion team that came in the league in 1718, is that mm-hmm. right? <laughs> maybe that team is a team we should be talking about how they haven't been around since the beginning of the NHL and haven't been to a Stanley Cup final since 1967. But, yeah, you know, had to bring them up. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not prepared today <laughs> with the soundboards. So that's all on me. Boom. Roasted. Oh, yes. That's all right. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Um, Man. I don't know where I have it saved. Nathan McKinnon has been on an absolute tear right now. Yeah. I mean, tear. It's crazy to me what he's been doing, and I really wish I would would have pulled it up, but I don't have it sitting in front of me. Yep, there it is. He so yeah, this was a week ago. He had four goals and one assist on that night, and then he that was continuing his seventeen game point streak. That's not, insane. He, he, yeah, I mean, insane. He is insane. <laughs> and it's crazy because I know I don't. I mean, the last ten games they played, they're five, four, and one. It's not like been amazing, but I know Devontae's came on and was talking about how the team, like, there's guys on the team that think they're playing fine and they're playing like crap. I'm like, they're still top of the Western. <laughs> they're they're well, they're tied for third. Or no, no, sorry, they're in third. No, they're. Well, yeah, they're in third because Vancouver and Vegas are tied for first. But yeah. so they're t- technically in third in the West Coast. Like they're doing pretty good, and yet, like that stuff's happening. And part of it is because McKinnon has been on an absolute tear, and it's so much fun to watch. And like his development curve, and like watching what he came into the league as, and how much better he's gotten. And then he continues to just get better, and him kind of, you know doing what he did with signing for $100,000 more than uh, McDavid and kind of, you know, (laughs) showing him who's boss is kind of hilarious to me. And it's been fun to watch this guy develop. But I just, I mean, had to touch on him, right? Like, he's just playing so unreal right now. And Good on him. Good on Colorado. I mean, they made a really good selection with that first overall pick, and he has been amazing this year. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, he is. But with Colorado, I think think the problem is, like, Devon Taves is talking. It's an example is the other night, you know. Arizona, Colorado being up five nothing, and losing in overtime to Arizona, which good on the Coyotes. They, oh, yeah. That team is what me and you have talked about so many times. Like they're one of my favorite teams to watch in this league because they just don't quit. And that was Arizona is one of those teams like Ottawa that I was talking about. Like look at that roster and look at Ottawa's roster. There's no reason Arizona should be a better team than Ottawa, mm-hmm. but they're coached well. And they work their butts off no matter what. They they could be down five nothing like they were. They're gonna be you have to be careful with them because they won't stop. Uh but that's what Devon Taves is like talking about is it's like we're playing okay, but for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Like the sixty minute effort for Colorado isn't there like it should be, like they usually are. Um it's pretty it's that but guys like McKinnon, yeah, he's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, he is the best player in the NHL. Um He's one that kind of he doesn't get forgotten about, but I forget about him sometimes just because I think he is on his own level, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to wingers. Uh, him, Pasternak, and Kucherov really are the probably the best wingers. Like they're crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
well i guess he he plays center too he's mm-hmm. kind of all over the place because mm-hmm. <laughs> he is all over the place literally but, um but anyway great player in in incredible season so far for him and he's going to keep it up because that's just who he is it's what he does he doesn't know how to play easy mm-hmm. he only knows how to skate 100 miles an hour the whole game and never stop <laughs> and that's good and mm-hmm. that's someone that trains with Sidney crosby in the offseason it makes a lot of sense yeah yeah oh there's a reason i had crosby at number one and i'm pretty sure mckinnon was number two for me on my center rankings yeah so but which you know as we as we come to a close on the 2023 year would you believe me if i told you he has the most points in the calendar year of 23 no <laughs> well he does he has 52 goals 78 assists for 130 points in 80 games that's crazy that's insane, insane. yeah but it's awesome no, yeah he's he's the best yeah so there's a reason he's on top of my list but talking about the coyotes did you see what michael carconi had to say about his dad and his work ethic no because he's somebody that i love that kid uh he's great <laughs> and and we I, part of why I wanted to bring it up was I have it saved because I wanted to show it to you, but I'll, I'll read it on here because now that we're talking about it, because you talked about their work ethic and that come from, they were down four, nothing, five, five, nothing. That's right. Five, nothing. And one, six to five in overtime. Yep. Crazy. And it's funny because right now if the playoffs are right now. They'd be playing Colorado in the first round of playoffs. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Crazy. And I don't think that this team, I, I, I think this team could take a, take some games from Colorado. I don't know that they'd beat them in a seven-game series, but <laughs> it would be a dogfight. Very Seattle-like, right? Yeah, exactly. So, Michael Carcone, has, he was quoted for saying, my dad was working two jobs to make ends meet. He owned his own business when I was growing up, and to see his work ethic, how he worked so hard to help us have a good life. Working hard was always the main thing, the one thing that you can always control. That is something that stayed with me and kept me driven. And I think that that's really, really cool to see that. And you can see it in the way he plays. Like, you can see it in his game that that's what he does. And I don't have it in front of me, but he's like 15 goals or something on the season. And you're like, where did you come from? And he plays like eight minutes a game. <laughs> like, that's what's crazy. I think he, at one point, he did have like, he was in first place, obviously. But like, goals per time on ice or whatever. Like, it's some weird stat that you never see. So I don't want to go too in-depth with it. Mm-hmm. But... You know, he's gaining a little bit more ice time here recently, but like his first like twelve games or something, he played like his his average was like seven fifty two a game or something. And he had ten goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was crazy. But yeah. It, well, his shot is lethal. His passing is lethal. Like he's a good player. He's he's gonna I, just another one of those kids from Arizona that me and you have we didn't even really know about him, but their prospect pool is insane and it's getting Better and better every year. They're all slowly coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He uh, he has 14 goals on the year while averaging 11 minutes and nine seconds of ice time. Yeah, it's <laughs> not high. <laughs> that is crazy, <laughs> yeah. crazy. But um, yeah, that's who it is. The, all these names kind of like tie together. Michelli. That's who yeah. I was thinking. His passing is oh, so yeah. him oh, on that power gosh. play. His cross crease passes, like everyone knows it's common. He still gets it through. He's got a lethal passing ability. He, he is Keller's little brother. Yeah. 
It this really is literally what he looks like. Like yeah. I don't want to say poor man's version because I don't think he, there's that much of a gap there. Now I think Keller is one of the best wingers in the game, especially when you look and see what he's been doing this year. But yep. I mean, Michelli just has that. He plays so similar. He's almost the same size. He has that same build and just the way that he he moves the puck. It's just like it reminds me of when today's just going to be World Junior theme. When Clayton Keller was playing World Junior, the the he was on that team that won gold with with McAvoy. He had that one seeing eye pass. I think it was to Colin White, maybe who scored the goal. No, it couldn't have been there because White's yeah, he too was, old. No, White was on that team. Was he? Mm-hmm. Okay, that one. I I, I think uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I I don't remember who it was to, but it was where he pulled like four, all four defenders to him. And he was just completely wide open across, and he puts it through four people all the way across, and you're like, "How did you just do that?" Yeah, like I don't, I literally don't understand how you just did that. And he was just like, "No, no big deal." Yeah, like, yeah, they didn't <sighs> score on the play, but when we saw when I saw them up in Boston, Michelli came. They were on the power play, and he came down that wing on his strong side, and before he even crossed the blue line, I'm like, "Uh oh." <laughs> and Sarah, Sarah like turned to me she's like what and I was like watch he's gonna pass it through the crease and then whoop there it went they, like I said they didn't score I think Omar they got the shot off but like yep. I was like you could just see it coming because he, he's so good at doing that it's oh, <laughs> but no nah, it's it, he is he's a blast the team's a blast mm-hmm. and that Colorado game is exactly why me and you have talked about them so much like mm-hmm. okay yeah you don't want to go down 5 nothing, but they're the type of team that's gonna go down 5 nothing because they're mm-hmm. still growing they're still learning <laughs> but it doesn't matter like the fact that they came back, like that just shows how well coached they are. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm a big fan of that coach. We've talked about him. Mm-hmm. You say his name. Uh, uh, Andre Torney. There you go. <laughs> I no, think I, I did it right. You did. <laughs> I think, I don't Yeah. Uh, no, it's awesome. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. No, but I love that team, and hopefully they stay in that playoff spot. But it's getting tight there. Mm-hmm. Man, another team to just mention. We don't have to get too in-depth with them at Minnesota. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Just They're like coming. that. Yeah. They're coming. They were below Edmonton when that firing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're seven and three in the last their last ten games. Two points so. out of the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Edmonton's also seven and three in their last last ten games. Yeah. But they're not making playoffs, so it's fine. <laughs> Just for you, Elliot. Yeah, I mean five points is a lot different than two. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh it's funny though how this division, the Pacific or sorry, the West is now tightening up like the East is. Yeah. Because the East is there it is so close. I mean, so close. So close <laughs> that I feel bad for the because there's gonna be a couple teams that don't that are gonna miss playoffs by one point who are gonna lose a coach, lose a GM, lose a star player, whatever it may be, because they didn't make playoffs. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like <laughs> it's just so close. What do you do? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Pittsburgh is likely not going to make the playoffs this year. And I don't think it's going to, I mean, yeah, they haven't been playing amazing, but they're, they may miss the playoffs by like three points. Yeah. And it's not going to be because they chose to lose two games to get their GM fired. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it's, I don't well, know. Yeah. You, you look at that right there. Look at the last 10. It's interesting. Like Detroit, like they were comfortably in the playoffs last time we talked. Not comfortably, mm-hmm. but they were in the playoffs last time we talked mm-hmm. with like three or four points in hand. They're two and 10 in their last, or two and eight in their last mm-hmm. 10. Mm-hmm. And now they're watching the playoffs go away. They're four points, three points out. Uh, yeah. And they have the most games played about with all of those teams besides Tampa. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that close. 
It is very, yeah. Which is something that I, I had it, I had a stat up, and I have, but I haven't looked at it. Is their stats since signing Patrick Kane was like one six and one or yeah, something? It's, it's really bad, really bad. And so, like, I think it begs the question: Is Patrick Kane just cursed? <laughs> like, is this it? Is everywhere he goes, he just can't win? Yeah, because his stats are fine, but it's mm-hmm. the team is, but. Again, it's not individual. This is not an individual sport. Nope. This isn't the NBA. You can't just have <laughs> one guy that's going to carry it. It is it's hockey. That's why hockey's the best. Yep. It's it's just crazy to me, though. Like, this team, how well they started. They were doing so well for a while, and then they signed Patrick Kane, and you go, yes, this is it. Now, again, we talked about the fit may, may not have been the best, you know, blah, 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 which something that I heard about was they're trying, they're looking to move Jonathan Bergeron to give him a fresh start yeah. because they feel like he really could be playing and probably should be playing, but they just don't have the room for him, right. which good on them because that's, you know, that's cool to see that they're willing to understand that, Hey, you know, sometimes things don't work out inside your organization, but it's just one of those things where it's like, <laughs> I don't know how they're, they're struggling so much, Yeah, but Hey, it's hockey. And it's, and especially this year with how tight the playoff race has been where it's because it, I was looking at something and it was, like the odds of teams making the playoffs and the Rangers who are currently sitting atop the Metro division were at like 73%. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how are they not in like a 95? But, uh, but then I'm looking, I'm like, well, if these other teams go on a huge streak and they, if they have a lull, if, if they're on the two and eight streak, yeah. yep. if, if they have, if they have a, a, a 10 game streak where they go less than 500, they could easily lose a, like drop out of playoffs, mm-hmm. which is insane. Insane. But Anyway, it's crazy, wild. So, um, I mean, I guess we, I guess we got to talk about Latang, right? I mean, as much as I really don't want to, but I mean, <laughs> that was requested to be discussed. <sighs> okay, he, cool for him. Move on. <laughs> we talked about it. That counts, right? We do kind of got to keep moving here. Someone's got to get going somewhere. <laughs> but I mean, it is pretty crazy. I mean, five mm. points in a period was it? Yep. And that's insane. So good on them. Good on the Penguins. Uh, we still got still got some work ahead of us. The tank scoring five points in a period is a good start. Let's build off of it. Let's get back into the playoff hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to, this to me just shows how stupid the Carlson trade was. <laughs> like <laughs> Carlson is not involved in any of those goals. Isn't it nuts? It's all Latang. Yeah. Latang's doing what they brought Carlson. Like, I, it just further makes me not understand the Carlson trade. I just cuz this is what Latang does. Like yeah. and and again, I'm not the biggest fan of Latang. I I definitely admitted that. I don't like the way he plays, but good on him. This is impressive. Yeah. This is something that not a lot of defensemen can do and all of them were good plays by him, too. Yep. I watched the highlights, I saw all the goals. It wasn't him dumping the puck out and somebody picking it up and doing all the work and then scoring. It's like, oh, well, he just dumped the puck out. No, all of them were good plays by him. <laughs> There's, I think two of them were secondary assists. One of them was a breakout, a great breakout pass. Okay? Like, he's doing his job, which is awesome to see. And again, if Pittsburgh's going to be in the playoffs, he needs to be producing at this clip. Yep. Maybe, uh, five, Not five assists in, in a one period, but like he needs to be producing because that's what he's supposed to do. Right. But yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll keep moving, but there you go, Shane. We talked about it. So, yeah, we have a couple more things that we want to touch on before we wrap this episode up. But the next thing up is Tyson Jost has been put on and now cleared waivers. So just wanted to touch on that. We don't need to go crazy in depth with that, but something that I thought was interesting that Buffalo is 
I mean, they they got him off waivers from Minnesota, and now he's got, he's headed to the minors. And I personally like this move. I don't think Tyson Jost is, is just an NHL player. I just he he needs to be playing in a top six. He's just not good enough to play in a top six though. So he doesn't make sense as your third line center. He doesn't make sense as a, a third line winger or a fourth line winger or a fourth line center. I think that if Buffalo wants to continue to grow, they need to bring in somebody that's going to kill penalties. They need a Jonathan Tate type of center in that third that third center position, and they just don't have that. And Joe's is just not that. Yeah, no, you said it best. I don't really have much more to say on that. Cool. We'll move on. Next up, another player getting sent down to the minors is Akira Schmidt. Is headed down to the minors. That's oh. interesting. The yeah, the Devils are another team, kind of like Carolina, where I'm just like, all right, guys, are we gonna do something here? Are we gonna try to fix this? Because it's what's what we're doing right now is not it. So, um, that's interesting to me that he's getting sent down. I would love to see Corey Schneider. Like you said on the Christmas one, I, I ever since you've said that, that's stuck in my mind. I love that so much, and I wish they had a Corey Schneider right now because, unfortunately, what they got going for them is not it because they're a team like Ottawa where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, guys, the season's quickly coming to an end here. Mm-hmm. We're falling down those standings. I know right now we're only a point out, so like, if you want to have that argument, that's fine, but are you okay with this team, a cup-contending team, like roster being just barely sneaking in the playoffs. Like, no, you need to be starting to win like eight out of 10 for the rest of the year to mm-hmm. be the devils that I expect you to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's crazy to me that this team is struggling this. I mean, this much I mean, Jack Hughes has 40 points mm-hmm. in 28 games. Jesper Bratt's got 38 and 33 to Foley has 14 goals in 33 games. Like, this team, why is this team struggling so much? I get that they don't have Hamilton right now, which is hurt. That hurts a lot. Losing your number one defenseman hurts a lot. But, I mean, the goalies have just been brutal. I mean, Schmidt has played 15 games. He's got a 326 goals against and an 893 save percentage. That's yep. just bad. Not good enough. That's bad. for sure. And Vanacek's worse. He's, he's got the same goals against, which is hilarious to me. But he's got an 885 save percentage. So... Hopefully, Nico Dawes can play a couple games and step in and, and do well. I mean, I don't know that that's going to be their saving grace, but it is crazy to me, though, how this team has fallen off so bad. Yeah. And I think it begs the question of of coaching change. Is that what's next? It better not. I don't think that's a smart move, but they need something to change. I just think it's it, you just read it. Every every player besides Timo Meyer, their stats are where I expect them to be. Mm-hmm. It's exactly where I expect everyone to be. I don't think it's just on coaching. I think there's just the whole there's a whole mess going on there right now that needs to get fixed. They're they're one of those teams that in these next few deep dives we do, they're ones I want to talk about cuz we do need to really read into the Devils and talk about them more because they have been probably the they're up there with one of the more disappointing teams so far this year. Like I said, even if they're only a point out of the playoffs, so like most people be like, "Oh, that's fine. I'm not too worried about it." It's like, yeah, but I don't know. This team mm-hmm. should be fighting with the Rangers right now, mm-hmm. not not fighting with the Islanders and Capitals. Mm-hmm. So, oh, even even okay. I mean, the Rangers have been playing on a different level. Philly and Carolina, like they should be, they should be arguing with those two about who's who's in second place in that division. And I get it; that's four points. It's not a lot, 
but it's enough. And okay. it's also just the, the there's a negative five. Like they let up 118 goals. Yeah. That's just not, it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that. I mean, Carolina's let up 115. Like it's not great. Tampa's let up 123. Like it's not like they're crazy out of the realm, but Philly's let up 93. Rangers have let up 90. 90. Caps have let up 91. Pittsburgh's let up 90. Like you gotta be in somewhere in between there. Like to me, if you're look at if it's a, a hundred between a ninety five and a hundred and five, I'd be happy. That's just not good enough. Like, and I I agree. I don't think it's Lindy Gruff. I don't. Yeah. But at the same rate, what is the problem? Because I don't know. This defensive core should be good enough. I mean, I get that they're they're losing. They lost Hamilton. That hurts a lot. Maybe Nemitz shouldn't be playing as much as he is. I don't know. I haven't unfortunately I haven't gotten a chance to watch him play, so I really don't know. But. I don't know this. T- this I mean, you have Siegenthaler and Nemich is your first line. Luke Hughes and John Marino is your second line. Kevin Ball and Colin Miller is your third line. I, that's a it's good defensive good. defensive yeah. core for me. Yeah. So I, that's and then it begs the question of: Is it just the like? Is it really just the goalies? Are the goalies just that playing that poorly? Where regardless of who was in front of them, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, I agree. And did they make a mistake by trading Blackwood? Trey Blackwood and even a guy like Ryan Graves, like I think he makes yeah. his defense a lot better. I don't he care is. how he's playing in Pittsburgh because it's not good, but you know how well he played in Jersey. So I think they're missing a guy like that. And um, yeah, because I would rather see Graves and Nemich at that top and then Siegenthaler and Ball probably. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it, it is interesting. Jersey needs to change it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing I think, you know, it, and they're a team that as long as they sneak in, I think they're fine because I think, but I think they need to make the playoffs this year. They can't go into the second round last year and then miss the playoffs this year. That just can't happen. Can't happen. It can't. Cannot happen. They need to be moving in an upward motion. But, and that's where I, I was very anti the Connor Hellebuck trade to New Jersey at the beginning of the season. I'm like, please, 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 please don't do that. I'm now understanding why they were so, we need a goalie because yeah. they do need a goalie. They do. But, and Corey Schneider would been would be a great fit, but you <laughs> yeah. know, bring back bring back Ritter. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Last thing on the docket for today is an Ethan Bear contract. So Washington went out of left field and signed Ethan Bear to a two year contract at two point oh six two five zero zero. So just under just under two point one million dollars per year. So definitely didn't see this one coming. But hit, why don't you hit this one first? I, I don't really have much to say. I, I don't understand how a guy like this keeps getting chances like he has. Like, I understand, but like, why is, I mean, maybe you could answer this because you might know a lot more about him, like his story and stuff. But like, I remember when he was in Edmonton, it was like, oh, he just needs to get out. Like, mm-hmm. he needs a new opportunity. And he goes to Carolina and then he's getting healthy scratched and sent down. And, you know, it's always, he's always the victim. It's like, mm-hmm. well, he needs a new fresh start. So he goes to Vancouver and it's the same thing there. And now he gets another and gets a 2 million mm-hmm. AAV. I'm like, he hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's pretty much all I got. I don't really understand. I thought like a one year 800K would make sense to like come here and prove to us that this is where you belong. Or are we just going to go through the, your emotions again? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, mean, I don't want to jump on the guy. I don't know mm-hmm. what his real story is, but I, it's just it's weird that he keeps getting all these chances of these opportunities and maybe this is his home, but we'll see. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was expecting a very similar contract to Ekman Larson. Yeah. One year, 1.2, one, something like that. I don't think he has more value than Mike Riley. I think right. he's very much in that same ballpark as Mike Riley, where it's like, 
is he an NHLer? Maybe, maybe not. We don't really know. We're kind of like, eh. I don't know why he got two years, and I don't know why he got so much money. Now, not that 2.1 is a ton of money, but it's not. It, yeah. It's enough where you're kind of like, why? Like, that's not... The two years part, which is like, okay. Because, especially because you're halfway through this year already. Okay. But why is he getting that much money? Like, I don't understand. Like, that seems weird to me. And again, he hasn't really... Everywhere he's gone, he's been like, he's been okay. But he hasn't been amazing. And especially because he was kind of that guy that was supposed to come in and be... He's, you know, a two-way guy who's going to put up points. Right. You know, kind of, well... What Edmonton has in Evan Bouchard, in essence, is kind of very similar to what they were expecting from him. But that's not, he's never proven to do that. He's, and he's got, I mean, he had, he had 21 points in 71 games in 1920 with, the, with Edmonton. But the rest of his career has been like, meh, points wise. Right. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't understand why, and, and why Washington? Like, this seems like a very strange move. I don't know if they're thinking this is their trade deadline accusation without it costing them any picks. But, and I'm interested with how this, or sorry, Washington organization is handling some of their young rookie defensemen. Did like they may have just boxed out two of their, two of their better defensemen or rookie defensemen, prospect defensemen. So again, why? Like, did you just take Doug Armstrong's move in the Blues and block your good young prospect with a random dude who's not very good? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't understand it. Well, let's see. I really don't have much more to say. I don't understand it, but I, I, again, I just don't understand what he really brings to the team, but we'll see. Yeah. And who's coming out of your lineup? That's the thing. That's what I mean about the two point, whatever, 2.06 or whatever it was. Like, I, I don't know. I don't really know where he fits in that top. I, I, I if he was like a goal scorer, I would have understood, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. <laughs> It's just weird to me. Weird. Very weird. I can't wait to see Max Pacioretty finally suit him up. <laughs> It'll be exciting. Yeah, tough for him. Yeah. I, really, I really hope he makes it back and makes enough of an impact to continue his NHL career because at this point I'm a little bit concerned because it's been almost – he's played four games in almost two full seasons. It's tough. It's not good. No. So, yeah. One quick thing before we, we leave off here. Did you see Luke Hughes his – his goal where he came through. I think, was that an overtime? No, that wasn't overtime. I think it was a game winner though. Yeah. I don't think it was overtime. So I want to know why people aren't going crazy about how he walked through four defenders, because that's in essence, the exact same thing McDavid did when he walked through four defenders. When two guys were casually back checking and mm-hmm. that was four defenders. Mm-hmm. Same thing, right? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, he literally, they they were both, which I, I guess it was four on four. Maybe it was overtime. I think it was over time, but it was they were there's a penalty or something because yeah. it was four and four because the two forwards are just hanging out and he just like goes in between them and they both like move their sticks but he just like cuts through them and then comes down and backs the defenseman back in and shoots the puck in the net. It's like okay, that's kind of what McDavid did. Not I don't the big famous one. Yeah, he walked through four people, but there's like been a couple of those like oh he did it again and it's like it's very similar. Why are people not talking about Luke Hughes in the same way they talk about McDavid? Yeah. Because he's American? What the heck? <laughs> what the heck? He's a defenseman. It's more impressive. Yeah. But anyway, I just think it's dumb how like that it it shouldn't be considered walking through four people. Like oh, that was no. a great goal. But it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It, nah, yeah. yeah. it annoys me. 
<laughs> Gotta bring up my gripes with the Canadians on this podcast, apparently. Yep. Yeah, apparently you're anti-Canada. I am. Right now, this is the time of year where I will self-admittedly be very anti-Canada. I'm right with you, buddy. Oh, can't stand them. Dumb, <laughs> dumb idiots. My least, my pet peeve sign, the hockey is our game. Yeah. Whatever. Even though it did not start in Canada. Whatever. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. It drives me crazy. I learned that when I looked at when I was looking up stuff to teach hockey in Brazil. It's very interesting. Yeah. Did you know that there's three people in the NHL who are born in Brazil? That I did not know. Yeah, I can't think of what. Uh, one of them was born in Hasifi, which is where I was. And I can't. He played for Washington for years, and I can't think of what his name is off the top of my head. But anyway, huh, here cool. we are. All right. Yeah. Uh, one more thing, real quick. Yep. Winter Classics coming up. Oh yeah. My favorite. I love it. I'm uh-huh. still in love with it. Uh-huh. I might be one of the few people left that just looks forward to that game every year. Um, it's in Seattle this year, Vegas versus Seattle, two mm-hmm. expansions. It's gonna be pretty cool. Love it. Um, just out of curiosity, off the top of your head, is there any like a game, a Winter Classic game, or like a moment or something that like you'll never forget, like one of your favorite moments? Uh, oh man, I think it was. That was the first outdoor game Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Ryan Miller wearing that hat on top of his helmet will will never like I'll never be able to think of Winter Classic and not think of that. I'll never yep. be able to think of an outdoor game and not think of him wearing that hat. It was so cool. I love that. Um, the blizzard the whole time. Yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. So it was literally the coolest thing. It's yeah, that game I'll never forget. Like just sitting out with my family and watching the whole thing, just like this is the coolest thing I've ever watched. Like. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. I look back in time and just think like how many fun games there really were. And like I look back at, I'm, I'll never forget like the Philly Boston one in mm-hmm. Fenway. Mm-hmm. It was such a good game. Michael Layton and Tim Thomas put mm-hmm. on a show. Like they were both on that day. And Tim Thomas, the only goal that the Flyers scored was Danny Sivret. I don't know if you remember that name. Oh, but my. he turned and whipped the puck at the Gosh. net. But the only reason it went in is because Hartnell came in and tripped him, Thomas right before it, <laughs> and there was no penalty. And then Thomas went to like shove him in the back as he shot it, so it like went under. <laughs> the most Tim Thomas goal ever. It was the most Hartnell Thomas interaction of all time. But yeah, that was awesome. And then Mark Recchi tied it up late and went to overtime, and Sturm scored the game winner. It's just one of those. It was just a great game that one, and then. Danny Breer getting the penalty mm-hmm. shot with time winding with 19 seconds left or something. Lundqvist mm-hmm. making the stand. Like it, there's so many cool moments happened in those games. Uh, take your ear guards out there, you fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. That is hands down, hands down, favorite outdoor moment ever, <laughs> ever. Oh yep. man, nah, it was so much, so much fun. The game between Detroit and Toronto at the Big House, the mm. hundred thousand people to see a hockey game. It was so cool. It snowed the whole time. There's just so many cool moments in the Winter Classic. So so much fun to watch, and yeah, I, I hope I hope it's cold in Seattle. I really didn't check any weather updates yet because that's just more fun when it's mm-hmm. cold because it's the whole point of it. Unfortunately, these last couple of years it's been so warm this mm-hmm. time of year, no matter where they have it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'd be cool if some snow came through. Mm-hmm. It'd also be cool if uh, they'd bring an outdoor game back to the World Juniors so that oh we could go gosh. to that. Since I was an idiot and didn't go to that, <laughs> if we were friends, then I would have. I would have been like, "I'm coming with you. I don't care." Yeah, but yeah, we would have. You would have been joining. Yeah, that's for sure. 
I didn't, and that's when I didn't even realize that you and Shane were brothers. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Why were you going with him? Oh, yep. because you're brothers. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so but, cool. Coolest, coolest experience <laughs> ever. But yeah, no, I love the Winter Classic. Look mm-hmm. forward to it every year. Um, yeah, should be fun. Should be a good game. Absolutely. So it'd be cool. And if you haven't seen them also on the Winter Classic side, Prodigy just put out a bunch of discs and there are two of them are the Winter Classic discs. And they are so cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. So if you haven't seen them, check them out. Yep. Anything else? Nope. I'm good. All right. Let's sign off on this one. Thank you all for listening. It's been another episode of Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. You can follow us on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram if you like. And you can always send us requests or always send us questions. We appreciate it. And we will see you all on Tuesday. Bye.